Hey everyone, welcome back to Should I Call a Therapist? I'm Jane Margaret. I felt really bad about the episode I released last Thursday, the one about the groomer. It was so boring. <laughs> I couldn't even listen to it myself because I was so bored. Actually, I always listen because you're supposed to listen to your own for numbers, so I did listen, but I felt so guilty. So anyway, today I'm going to give you a juicy episode. This is a story I tell in passing, but um, I don't think it gets as much play as some others, and um, it's pretty good. We're going to take it back to, I think it's around 2014. And I lived in my single girl house, and I had my dog, and life was pretty good. I was, I had my feet on the ground, had a job, and I was becoming normal after getting divorced. And, and I mean, we separated in 2012, so it took me a while, but I was getting my feet on the ground. And I get a phone call out of the blue from my ex-husband. And he said, hey, I was doing some cleaning and found some office supplies and wanted to drop them by your house. And I said, oh, well, I have plenty of post-it notes and I've, I've got paper clips, so no thank you, you can just trash it. And he said, no, 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 I'm gonna bring it by. And again, I said, no, that's fine, you can trash it. And he said, no, I'm gonna bring it by. All right, fine. So he comes over and I don't know if, I don't know if he had ever been inside my house or not. I have no idea, but it wasn't his house. And I really liked keeping him separate from this one. Cause it was kind of my, um, well, like I just said, it was my single girl, you know, just, it was all mine. It was the first time ever I'd ever bought my own house by myself and I had to furnish it all by myself, do all the stuff. I realized that this, like at 40 years old, that's ridiculous and that, you know, most people do that in their 20s. But when I grew up in Texas, girls didn't buy their own house. Now they do. But in 1996, we were groom, not groomed. I don't even know if that's the right word because my parents weren't into any of us getting married. They also did not think that we were capable. I don't mean capable of getting married. Anyone's capable of getting married, but I don't think they thought that we were capable to do much. I don't know. I can't make that make sense without making them sound like monsters. And I know there are times when I do make them sound like monsters on this. They weren't actually monsters. And they were decent people doing the best they could with what they had. However, we weren't taught. So I had no idea that owning real estate as a single girl was even a thing until I got into real estate in 2000 and and also moving to Denver. When I moved to Colorado, all of my friends had were all single girls and they all owned their own home whether it was a condo or whether it was a single family home or townhouse, you know, townhouse or whatever, one of them, two of them even owned second homes in the mountains in Vail. Two girls had a house in Vail and plus their primary residence in Denver. And I was just flabbergasted. 
and really looked at that with delight and thought, I mean, obviously, immediately when I got divorced, um, we were just even separated and I was looking for where was I going to go. And he told me, well, you have to go get an apartment. And I said, well, I'm not getting an apartment. I'm a homeowner. And he said, well, you don't have the money to buy a house. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I sure do. Look at, I mean, in our bank account, there's money. I can make that work. And I mean, it was pennies. And I, I tell this with wholehearted, honestly, I'm not being funny whatsoever. I rubbed two pennies together and was able to buy this house. The house, <laughs> this is also a feat, but in 2013, when I bought the house, we separated 2012 and I'd moved down the hall inside our house. And I had heard that you shouldn't leave the marital home until you know how you're going to do the division of assets. So it was the only thing we had. And so I thought, well, if that's all we've got, I better make sure I manage this correctly. So I moved down the hall, stayed there for a while. And then in May of 2013, found my house and said, I'm buying this house. He said, well, you don't have any money. And I said, yes, I do. There's money in our bank account. That is how much I need for the down payment. I am buying this house. And he said, well, I'm getting ready to buy a second home in Vail. And I said, no, I'm going to buy my first house, my actual roof over my head before you do anything about your second home. So anyway, I got a little aggressive and I did get the house and it was cute, teensy, tiny little thing, tiny little box, two bedroom, one bath, 700 square feet. And we had lived in a, we lived in like a, Spanish bungalow, which in Denver is kind of cool. Um, there, there really aren't that many around, so they're kind of rare. And I had picked it out and found it. And I remember even years prior to us buying it, I had my eyes on it. And I drove Chris by and said, see the house? I, we're going to have that house one day. I'm waiting for the people to move out. But as soon as they move out, we're going to have that house. And in 2010, we bought that house. 2012 was, no, never mind. <laughs> you can have it. He still actually lives there today. So um, my ex-husband does. Anyway, so I buy this little house. It's in the sketchiest neighborhood. And I had zero shame in that. Not at all. It is what I could afford. And I lived a very organized life. And those neighbors of mine protected me, watched out for me. And they were also a tad scared of me. They're like, oh my gosh, this girl means business. <laughs> We are not going to mess with her. So there were tales of people losing their packages on the front porch or people getting robbed or broken into. Not me. No one ever touched me. One time I had a uh, couple doing nefarious acts uh, behind my house. And I just walked out there, crossed my arms and said, keep it moving. Move on. Not here. <laughs> they started their car and drove off. <laughs> I wasn't scared, and I think all of them were scared of me. So it was a perfect situation. Anyway, he tells me I've got office supplies to deliver to your house. I'm thinking, number one, 700 square feet, buddy. I don't have any room for any extra office supplies. So he comes over, and we go through. God, I bet it was so long. I have no long, I have no idea how long it was. He did have a giant box of stuff and it was actual office supplies. It was post-it notes, legal pads, um, paper clips, mailing envelopes, so much stuff. And 
and I thought, oh, he's going to bring yearbooks or stuff, but no, apparently I'd already moved all that. So there was, it wasn't like I'd left anything behind. He brought a giant box of office supplies and then sat down and proceeded just to visit and visit. Like we were long lost family members, which I mean, we're pretty good about doing that. So that part wasn't weird. And I thought, oh, he really is just dropping off office supplies. Okay. So no big deal. I, I, didn't even, I mean, I probably offered him a drink, but he didn't accept it. So, I mean, it wasn't even like we were sitting there having a beer, visiting, anything like that. It was real formal, formal, formally informal. And so that's great, whatever. So anyway, 45 minutes passes. We've covered jobs. We've covered family. We've covered everything you could cover. And finally he gets to guts to get down to what he was looking for. And he says, so the real reason I'm here, and all of a sudden my legs start shaking. And not like the, I don't know if you watch Bravo or not, I watch a lot of Bravo. And Shep Rose on Southern Charm, his leg shakes like real crazy. Mine don't do that. Just inside, I can feel them moving, almost like I'm freezing cold. But just when I get nervous, that's what happens. And he said, I came here to tell you that I'm dating someone. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that, that's fine. I mean, more power to you. Great. Congratulations. That's, that's wonderful. Thanks for letting me know. And I wasn't jealous or ugly or anything like that. I, I really honestly went, okay, cool. And I thought, wow, I'm off the hook. This is great. I mean, and when I say off the hook, I mean off the hook for some terrible, tragic news that he was about to lay on me. And he says, yeah, um, I'm dating Christy. I'm like, what? Christy was my best friend when I was married to him. And when I say best friend, I mean my real, real, real best friend. And I met her in 2000 when I moved to Denver. And I was, we were introduced, he and I moved together. And well, he moved six months before me, but essentially we moved together. And from San Antonio, And he was introduced to a group of friends from a mutual Texas friend. So a gal that we both knew in San Antonio had business contacts in Denver. And she said, you have to meet up with this crew. They're so much fun. They always have a plan and you'll never be bored. Like it's instant action. And it was exactly like the kind of people that we hung out with in Texas. So it just was a natural fit. Um, he looked them up and it was a guy who it was, it was a guy. I cannot remember his first name. His last name was Perlman, but I can't think of his first name. Anyway, he was kind of the, the liaison and he really wasn't even an important part of the group, but he knew the fun people. So we met them and I wasn't there yet. It was six months out. So he met the group better than I did. Then when I moved six months later, I was instant friends with all of them and the girls were real nice, took me in and um, like we just had an instant friends. Well, Christy and I clicked and hit it off right from 2000 and she and I were great friends. Then she moved to New York. I visited her constantly. She was there through 9-11. I mean, just we were forever and she was the only person that I had ever been honest with that I didn't like him. And she, I told her everything. And I just, she knew everything about how much I didn't like him throughout the whole time. 
And I was never honest with anybody because I just thought, well, you have to make your marriage work. And it almost felt like I was just blowing off steam with her. I never thought I was going to get divorced. It just seemed like I was talking to a friend that I was finally safe with. And she wasn't going to hold it against him. She wasn't going to hold it against me. And so, I mean, the way I've always told it is she knew where all the bodies were buried. And so for him to sit in my house that day in 2014 to tell me that he had been dating her and was dating her, and that is why he was at my house, I was gobsmacked. She and I, right when I got divorced, I said, I'm leaving him out. I'm the one that chose to leave. I said, I'm leaving him out. And then she kind of dumped me. And a lot of people dumped me. A lot of my friends in Colorado dumped me because they thought, oh, you are so flimsy. How could you divorce this guy? He's so great. And I feel like slowly they've all realized, oh, okay, I get it now. And it's not that he's a bad guy. He's just so selfish and, I mean, has no room for any other person and can't make a plan with anybody because what if the time doesn't work for him? And, I mean, just, and that's a minor one, but all of that. I'm not going to go into all of his stuff, but I... um couldn't believe that she had ditched me because I guess I was putting all the pieces together. It feels like I'm still putting together all the pieces. And I mean, this is a perfect story for should I call a therapist? Because this is one that has taken so long to come to terms about and also to realize, I mean, I guess it, it, it also shows re- it, it shines a light on the residual effects of this amount of trust being broken um, because I really was so close to her. And then to find out, okay, she dumped me when we got divorced, not because she couldn't support me, but because she had had her eyes set on him the whole time. Is that what it is? Or... I mean, I could go up with a thousand scenarios. I have no answers on that regard. She has never spoken to me ever again. I've never talked to her ever again. And I've never, I've I've seen her one time. I was with um, Bryce, my husband now. I was with him and my brother out to breakfast on a Sunday morning. And she walked in um, and we were probably four to five tables apart. It's the only time I've ever seen her since... um, 2011, I guess. And then I think of other things. I think of, well, I'll I'll finish this story and then I'll go to another one, but a a real short one, but well, no, I'll just tell right now. Um, I remember a uh, New Year's Eve we hosted and I think it was 2011, New Year's of 2011. We hosted at our house and it wasn't that big. It was, you know, maybe eight, 10 people that we had over and we had a little potluck um, meal, or maybe just I cooked a bunch of stuff, but we, we had food and we'd kind of mastered since we moved in the house in 2010. So it sounds like we lived there a long time. We didn't, but from 2010 to 2012, we mastered the Super Bowl party and just kind of, we had it down. We had my 40th birthday party, even like right in the middle of us breaking up. Um, and, um, this new year's Eve was then one of those things that we hosted we had a pool table and kind of cool stuff. So, um, we'd have people upstairs on the, um, dining room and you kind of float around the dining room into the kitchen and that's how you'd get your food and your drinks. And then the music 
and pool and all that was downstairs in the basement. And so right around midnight, she throws out this idea. And only now can I see it with 2020 vision, hindsight's 2020. But they, she threw out this idea of this game and she said, we'll put all of the names of everyone in this room into a brown paper bag. And then you reach in to the bag, pull out a name, and then that's who you kiss at midnight. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I knew I was going to kiss my husband at midnight. I mean, that's what you do. So I wasn't super threatened. And I just thought, okay, it's a bunch of single people. They want to have something like this breaks the ice. It's kind of like an icebreaker game. I just thought it was for all of them. I had only, and, and also, um, she drew, I don't know who she drew, but she didn't draw him. And so it didn't even matter. Like it backfired on her in about four different ways. Didn't work. But I just wonder, was the whole point of that game even then? Before, I mean, in, she knew about my dissatisfaction, but, I mean, she didn't know I was getting divorced. I didn't know I was getting divorced at this party. So, I mean, this was well before that, probably six months prior. So, anyway, to us even separating. But so he comes to my house, says, I'm dating Christy. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess it now makes sense why you came over to tell me. Did, did, I'm, I'm going to ask this, but I'm guessing, did you come over to tell me this so now y'all can be seen in public? Is that what's going on? Yes, she, she wanted me to come and make sure I told you so then you would know that, um, you know, so then we don't have to hide around anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, excellent, good, thank you, okay. Got it. Um, only question I have with any of this, this is what I said to him. I, I remember it like plain as day. I said, the only question I have with any of this is, why does she think she's going to do it better than me? And he goes, I don't know. I asked her that too. And I said, yeah, like, that's really like the only thing I would ever wonder is with everything she knows, how would she ever expect to do it better than me? I gave it a solid 10 12 years and plus four and a half, five years of dating that if I couldn't make it work, oh, well, okay, well, best of luck to y'all. Thanks for coming over and walked him out. And he's standing on my front porch and he said, that was so much easier than I was expecting. And I'm like, were you expecting hysterics? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And I'm like, I'm well past that. And he's like, oh, okay. And that is the last I ever heard. Uh, that is the last I heard of that until it must have been 2015. I don't know when this was because I, I really don't know the timing on that, actually, because now I'm thinking about it. And it wasn't that much long, longer it wasn't that much later that the 2016 election was coming and the country became so divided and he and I had always felt, well, I mean, I, I am a woman and my sister is gay, so I vote liberal. I, that's just how I am. I'm always going to vote for those issues versus my pocketbook any day of the week, even coming from Texas. And, and I, I, I won't debate it. I just, that's where I stand. So, and he was that same way. So I, um, remember asking him, or I ran into him and asked him, I've been thinking about this. How does 
the way you vote and the way, because I knew she was staunch Republican. And that's, that's a great illustration of how, I, how I've always stood. And I mean, coming from Texas, I've had a million, you know, Republican, very, very strong Republican friends. And I just let it roll off my back because that's what I do. And kind of that's just what you, a liberal in Texas does. But, I mean, we're pretty outnumbered. But, um, so, I mean, she and I were very, very good friends, and that just never stood between us. And, um, but I said, how do y'all work that out? And he said, oh, we broke up. Oh, no, you broke up? What happened? Oh, I guess it was just a um, difference in personalities. <laughs> That's all I ever heard. And I'm not friends with any of that crew at all. They all dumped me for him when we broke up, and I just let it go because, I mean, anybody that didn't want to be my friend, I don't want to be their friend either. So I, I can let those things go pretty easy, which I, I guess is a flip personality, like they say, but to me, it's more like, I'm not going to, I mean, if you don't want to be my friend, then we can't be friends. So, um, I never heard how that worked out. I've always wondered like, what was that like for all that crew to then see those two together? And then when those two broke up, then, oh, I just, every now and then I'll reflect back and wonder what on earth, what on earth happened? I mean, I know what happened. She didn't do it better than me. (laughs) That's what happened. But so wild. Can you believe that? My very best friend. So that's that. That's our makeup episode for that real boring grooming story. Sorry about that, guys. And um, I hope you enjoyed this one. Very juicy. And I'm sure we'll get into other facets in the near future. But for now, I'm going to leave you with that. And of course, it begs the question of, should I call a therapist? We all know the answer. I mean, that's a unanimous yes. That is a (laughs) therapist-worthy trauma to to, uh, unpack. So anyway, take care, guys. We'll chat soon. Bye.